So his next guest here is new to Anchor as well. Um, I've known him for over a year. He is a local filmmaker, movie producer, who definitely has some big ideas and works on some hardcore passion projects. Um, in the year that I've known him, he's had to take some sidesteps from his overall goal, but always stays focused on the end and doesn't allow the stresses and the obstacles overcome him. So I'm very pleased to welcome Mr. Stefan J. Davis. Mr. Davis, how's it going? Hey there, how's it going? Oh, fantastic. Welcome to Anchorthon. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So this is your first time on Anchor, right? It is, yep. And uh, if you can't hear me too well, let me know because I can change my setup. I've got some hands-free right now. I can switch to the Bluetooth or, you know, whatever's better. Yep. All right, it's a little echoey, so okay, I don't know if you want to switch it up. Let's see what I... better or not. Oh, that's way better. How's that sound? Okay. It's so much better. Perfect. So uh, for everybody on here who doesn't know who you are and what you do, why don't you give them a little bit of rundown? Okay. Uh, well, my name's Stefan J. Davis. I'm a filmmaker, uh, producer, director, all that kind of good stuff. Um, really transitioned from more of a video producer role to more of indie films. So I still do both really, you know, I mix it up a lot, commercials and things, pay the bills, <laughs> but I also do a lot of uh, indie films, short films and features. So when would, when would you say you decided that that was the path you were going to go on and get involved with filmmaking? Um, so the video path started out when I was really young, I was about 16 and I was in uh, high school and there was a, couple kids that came to my band. I, I used to play the saxophone, alto sax. I was all right. Not the best, but I was decent. <laughs> and I uh, played the saxophone and a couple kids came in and they were interviewing our band director. And I was like, man, that's really cool. I'm like, I want to do something like that. You know, get the camera and be doing that. And so I asked them, like, how do you do that? And they told me it was a two-year vocational program while you're in high school and stuff. And I'm like, well, great, sign me up. So I did that for those two years and went on to more schooling and, and more education and more, you know, working jobs and things in the industry. Uh, but the shift to filmmaking really came over the past several years. I think the first bug really was like just watching more and more films and getting more and more inspired. Uh, there's this one film, uh, Requiem for a Dream. And I yep. still remember, yeah, when I watched that, I was just like, man, that's amazing. Like I already was in the filmmaking because I just had this itch to really tell stories. But when I watched that, it kind of gave me this new inspiration of not just telling stories and getting the message across, but really just embracing the whole philosophy of that emotion that can be evoked through film. And that's what really put a, a switch on for me and lit a fire in me to even go harder with filmmaking. So I think really that was one of the big influences for me as well. Of course, you know, Stanley Kubrick and the, the mastermind he's been in and stuff, it just Spike Lee. So I've always had a little bit of an influence for filmmaking, but it was like certain films that just pushed me over the edge. Now, what is a beautiful film to you that you think a lot of people who aren't in the filmmaking might miss or kind of underlook? Oh, there's so many. Um, like American Beauty was one, I would say, that you would want to revisit that because there's a lot there. Um, Interstellar is amazing to me, and that's a newer film, like 2014, so it's only a few years old. I think that's really beautiful and 
for some it could be maybe a little confusing and things, but it's so powerful though if you really just kind of sit back and let yourself just digest that whole thing. I think you'd be really um, engrossed in it. So, what is it that you look for then when you're looking for a beautiful film or a piece of art that you inspire to to create something? Oh, for me, I think it would start with composition, um, but composition is just really getting giving the beauty of it when you look at it from a visual standpoint. Like you know, if they're using those wide angle lenses and they're just getting certain kind of shots that you can just tell it. Wow, you, just, you stand back like, wow, I can't believe the way they composed that shot. Um, but then after that, it's more so the story. So you know, a beautiful film is more likely going to be because it's a beautiful story, and and by a beautiful story, it's usually going to have some aspects to it that's going to put you on an emotional roller coaster, so to speak, where, you know, you got those ups and downs and things like it doesn't have to always be the traditional basic three story act, but you know, you definitely want something that's really going to tell a story in a way that the audience can be captivated and just kind of really get sucked into it. And so I think really it's a beautiful film. If a, a tear comes down your eye <laughs> when you watch it. <laughs> so, you know, some credits rolling, your eyes is watering up. Yeah, I think you just made a beautiful film. And that could be whether it's because it's sad or because it's funny and, you know, and it's great and stuff. I mean, like, I've seen a film that was so funny it had my, tears in my eyes. So, you know, emotions <laughs> are a lot of different things. You, you know, it's not always about how who can make the saddest film. It's about who can make the greatest films that evoke any kind of emotion because we have a wide range of emotions. I mean, a film can make you angry, too. I mean, <laughs> you know, so it, <laughs> yeah. it, it does something to you. And it's a beautiful film to me. What do you think is the most overrated popular film, then? I like hearing the opposite side of the spectrum. Hmm. Most overrated film. Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, I know on my radar right now <laughs> would be uh, this movie called Bright, which is a Netflix original. <laughs> yeah. Is that the um, new Will Smith? Yeah, the Will Smith film. So I don't know if it's overrated because I don't think it's, it's I think it's sitting at like maybe six points something on IMDb, which is probably fair because it's like an average film, but there were a few people, unless there were fake reviews, that were giving it 10. So I would just, that's the first one popped in my mind, but be overrated because it's definitely not a 10. It's not even close to a 10. Uh, you think it's one some, of those uh, Will Smiths in it, so they give them extra weight? Will yeah, celebrity effect? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people watch it because of that, too. I mean, I was kind of, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, I don't know about this film. It's, it's not really grabbing me all like that. But uh, my wife was interested in seeing it, and I do love Will Smith, so I'm like, well, I'll check it out. I mean, we got Netflix anyway. It's free, and like, it's not going to cost me any extra money to watch it. It's my time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why not? It's my boy Will. And so the story, the, the script, not, not the story, but the script was so bad that like, even Will Smith's performance was like awful. I'm like, he's, he, he's a phenomenal actor, but in this movie, you would think he could act. It was crazy. <laughs> I was really now, shocked by it. I know you do more of the producing side, but is it a a balancing act to take roles for the sake of working on your craft? And then I guess the opposite would be being stingy and waiting for either a good role or a good movie. Yeah, I just had this conversation the other day, actually, uh, along the lines of, uh, I was talking to a friend, I felt like actors are sometimes like ones that are more successful just kind of taking roles just for the sake of taking them just to get money and things but uh, the flip side of that though like what you're referring to is like kind of honing that craft I would say that I would advise that like you know if you're a new actor trying to get into the industry and things I would definitely say you know take on as much as you can just to really create that reel and you know show what you can do 
Uh, although I do agree there's like a balance to it though. Like you don't want to just take any old thing just for the sake of putting it on your resume. Cause if it's bad, then it's going to just make you look bad. Um, so there is a little bit of a balancing act, but you, you can't be too, you know, too stingy at all. You can't be too, Oh no, that's not perfect. It's not, this is not that. You definitely got to get out here and, and get some stuff under your belt so that you can be more credible. And then as you start to build yourself a little bit, you can be, get a little more picky and choosy about what you're going to do from that point. No, it makes sense. I'm I'm just always curious with creatives. Like, at what point do you say you're going to stop producing bad content and yeah. be more patient? I guess you can say. And at what point do you just love creating content? So well, that's you enjoy kind of like it so bugs. much. Yeah, that's actually that was that's what bugs me about Tyler Perry though, because I feel like he's one of those guys <laughs> <laughs> that just cranks out movies for the sake of cranking them out. And I, I just that kind of irritates me. Like, I, I as a man, you know, I, I think he's awesome that he created this empire he's got so much money and all these movies so i mean i do appreciate that about him he's brought a lot of people into the industry and things and they've made money so salute to him for that but i just the fact that he just keeps on cranking out these horrible movies i'm just like man i would rather you kind of just take a step back and take your time and invest the time and energy and the money to make a really great film instead of just making 10 pretty much garbage films you know so so that leads me to like vin diesel because he likes producing his own stuff when nobody else will do it for him. Mm, like yeah. the newest Riddick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't... Like, not familiar with it, yeah. But I know, okay, how, yeah. I know what you mean about it, though, yeah. yeah. So, do you advise people in creative space to work on passion projects that everybody else refuses to, even when the market's telling you not to? If you can afford it, yeah, because sometimes you just have that itch and, you know, you just jones and then you just, it's your baby and you really just want to see this thing come to fruition. So I get that. I uh, just, just know that it might hurt you a little bit, though. It could possibly hurt your credibility. It could possibly hurt you in future roles if it's that bad. But sometimes you just got to go for it. I mean, I think Will Smith put together that one project with him and his son. That was just trash. That was awful. Um, <laughs> not, not, uh, not Pursuit of Happiness because that was beautiful. That was a wonderful movie. No, another, uh, another one I would say is great. After but it was the, yeah, yeah. After Earth, that I don't know what he was thinking on that one. I don't know if they were like <laughs> I don't I like know the happened. message. It was just poorly written and yeah, developed. yep, and yeah. So you know, it was good. I mean, I yeah, I think it's harvesting. There was a lot of passion, and, and I could see where he's going with it, but it just didn't. It wasn't executed properly, though, and that's mm -hmm. what can happen if you don't get the proper people in place and you just kind of try to do it all yourself. And I've seen other you know, actors that you know kind of turn producer and executive producer kind of make some flops. But at the same time, I've also seen them get behind some projects that were, you know, indie and, and small, and, and they ended up being great, though. So it just kind of really depends on how much, you know, you really are great at doing that kind of stuff or not. Right. So with today having such low barrier to entry with content creators, if somebody was interested in getting started in film, say they're 10 years old, how would you advise them to, to start that path? Uh, well, Christmas just passed, but I would say, you know, ask for mommy and daddy to get that Christmas gift for you be a camera. You know, they're um, pretty affordable these days. So I say get you a nice little DSLR for the, for the cheap there, uh, a couple lenses. Um, you know, as much as you can get, you know, you got to kind of, you know, improvise and, you know, and just go what you can get. But so a little bit of lighting if you can. One of the things we used to do back in the day, and now some actors probably, I mean, some filmmakers probably still do it now, is, you know, get some Home Depot lights and stuff. So there's some ways you can 
be cheap and resourceful and get you a hold of some stuff you might need. But yeah, I was just saying, you know, get a little, some kind of little small light, some little camera, get you some friends and stuff, get together and just start creating content for YouTube. I mean, that's really so huge right now. I mean, there's probably a ten year old right now making six figures <laughs> because you put out videos on YouTube. I know it's a like, couple fourteen year olds who like yeah. play video games and try food from other countries that are wow. doing six figures annually yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, now is the time. Yeah, you can't just sit around saying what you could do and would do and maybe might do. It's like if 10 years old, 11, 12, 14, 20, 30, 50, 60 years old, you know, grab a camera and just start making it happen. Is there any books, blogs, or websites that you would direct people to kind of learn the philosophy of being behind the camera? Um, there's so much info on YouTube, too, in that regard of, of, of great content but uh, i think no film school is a really great resource one of my I go to uh websites and, and blogs and things no film school is excellent um there's some, some some bloggers and vloggers out there too that are cool um i know film riot i used to watch them a lot and uh, defa darius is a great guy uh but there, yeah there's tons of stuff out there there's, there's some books that i can't think of the title offhand <clears throat> but i've got a, a nice stack of books on cinematography and and filmmaking one that i, I know i do know the name of one of them uh let me see Think about it for a second. I think it's called the the fire of uh, stole stealing fire from the gods. So that's a, a excellent book on storytelling. If you're trying to hmm. be a writer and you know and create screenplays, it really gives a, a a wide dynamic of really the importance of story and how the great how to create a great story. So it's it's definitely an excellent one. I would have highly advised. Sounds like a Interesting title that I just want to read to figure out what the heck it's about. Yeah, it caught my attention. It's clickbait. So he was great already. Yeah, this guy was already a master at it because the book title in itself drew my attention. And But it was actually great content in there, though. Right. Now, what kind of uh, upcoming projects can people look forward to from you? 2018, uh, so, 2019. So we were just texting back and forth uh, for our 2018 project. Um, there's some people down in Florida that I'm working with on a movie and so they're actually going to fly up um january we're right now looking at the end of january they're going to fly up we're going to kind of go over some logistics for this film but we're planning on shooting uh june of 2018 but we just want to get together because a lot of what we've been doing so far has been really just a phone and computer back and forth and things google docs and so we're going to kind of get in person with all of us to get together have a little powwow get all our ducks in order and then in june we're going to shoot one on eating disorders so that's supposed to be um pretty pretty big film we're looking at a pretty hefty budget i wouldn't say like it's not hollywood budget but it should be pretty pretty decent um and so we're going to actually distribute that nationally is the goal and the plan for that and uh, it's an educational film but i think it's you know we wrote the script up and it's pretty powerful so i think it's gonna be a, a real winner um, and then other than that, then I've got you know, my client type projects coming up too down the pipeline that I try to keep pretty consistent. I've got a, a music video coming up this month in January that I'll be working on, pretty excited about. Um, and then just, you know, just regular stuff like that. No, it all sounds exciting. We're going to definitely have to bring you back on for round two to as some of these projects develop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, because I know I'm definitely going to try and get some more stuff going too. 2018, I'm hoping to, besides that main eating disorder film, I'm hoping to do a few other ones as well. 
Uh, I've been wanting to tackle suicide for quite a while now, and so I'm eventually gonna be able to sit down and really get that lined up and then and, and take care of that one because that's one that one to me is really um, a huge one for me. So I want to make sure I get that done. No, I'm super excited for you, man. Um, we've known each other for I think almost a year now. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. You're just always working towards your passion, even if you have to kind of sidestep a little bit to pay the bills and the means that you have to, you're still always looking ahead at, you know, beyond the obstacles and what life looks like when you make it where you want to be. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you always just try to stay focused. Like you say, you got to keep that the eye on the prize there, the ultimate goal, keep that in front of you. No, absolutely. So where can people connect with you? Because um, you're not here on Anchor normally, so it's not a good place for them to look for you. Yeah, it's my first time on Anchor, so yeah, don't look for me on here. <laughs> I might not, I don't know if I'll be back or not, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely on every other social media platform, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and all that. Uh, you can even put my name straight in there. Breaking up a little bit there, buddy. Want me there for a second? Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah. So on my Instagram though, it's shoot at you actors, but otherwise you can find me on any other platform as my regular name, Stefan J. Davis. Perfect, man. And as a parting question, if you had a billboard that millions of people were going to see, you could have any quote, phrase, saying you wanted, what would that billboard say? Any phrase. I think it would say... Could even be a single word if that's what you wanted. It doesn't really matter. I think it would be believe in yourself. I like it. Yeah, I think that's the beginning of it all, really. You know, if you don't have that belief in yourself, then you'll never really try to anything. You you'll be scared to attempt things, and you know you won't really even dream and and go out and and do things because you just don't have that belief. So I think that's the beginning of achievement is that belief in yourself to be able to accomplish things. Love it, man. I appreciate your time and thank you so much for joining me for this, this first annual event. It's been a blast. Yeah, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely would love to come back again. Absolutely. Take care. All right. You too.